otwtube.com uncensored free speech platform Greetings, Black family, and welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. I am your host, DC Radical One, and you have entered the center. Shout out to our wonderful producer, Cindy Ashby. You can check us out at SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now at OnTheWakeUpRadio.com and also our shows go up on OTW2 uh, Straight Black Pride to uh, Brother Elijah Straight Black Pride and the BB4 ODA to You Got Ripped Off Greeting to our wonderful producer Straight Black Pride to Unique One Express uh, BB4 ODA to I Allen and straight black pride to sister misty peace to brother Dawood. so we have people in here early today and i um you know i had a little difficulty coming up with a topic because bb foley and straight black pride to a bb foley man because i was actually just going to do in peace and black powder brother patrick um, I see we coming in pretty, pretty good, pretty strong. It's good to see everybody. Um, I had trouble coming up with a topic at first because my intention was just to do a short video dealing with this whole uh, Patrice Colors thing and Black Lives Matter and all that because it was just really going to be a moment to say, "I not I personally, but." A we told you so That's all I was going to do I was going to do 10 minutes Talk about it Say we told you so And move on But because I didn't have another topic And because I had some running around to do this morning I said you know what Let's really talk about this And talk about it in a way Where we connect things that are seemingly um, Not connected and some things that happen all at the same time. So last week, I noticed these three um, stories, three events occur all at the same time, almost exactly a week ago. So there was the uh, police shooting of Dante Wright, right? And of course, that sparked outrage. And the fact that it happened in Minnesota while the George Floyd case is I mean, the Derek Chauvin case is going on, made it kind of surreal, to be completely honest. Uh, same city, you know, different circumstances as far as the murder 
And then we find out later on that um, the young man is actually uh, uh, biracial. And but what you know what's interesting to me, of course, is that what we what we never really talk about is to Europeans on first glance if they don't know that someone is biracial if they identify them as African then they treat them as such and I find it interesting that as we go on you see more and more especially biracial men be sure to grab themselves a European female to make it clear who they are I'm noticing that amongst um, well known like celebrity uh, celebrity biracials like uh, the quarterback of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes he has himself a at least last time I saw blonde hairs I don't actually know if she blue eyed or not because I only seen her once or twice but you know she's about as white as you can get I put it like this Tiger Woods would 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 have got her got whatever he could. So she's as white as you can get. And I'm noticing that amongst biracial um males especially. Um but we had the murder of Dante Wright, who initially we all thought was um was fully black. At the same time, or the next day or whatever it was, same weekend, um, we had Kid Cuddy. Right, and you got ripped off says Kaepernick with his white trance right yet yeah, you know what I forgot all about that yeah oh people argued me down with that oh man people were so mad on Instagram when I showed the video but you know video documentation beats uh, argumentation you know um, but yeah then Kid Cudi decides to put on a whole dress at the same time and then right around that time we had the the uh Patrice Colours of Black Lives Matter and her multi million dollar estate. And come to find out now, actually has four uh properties worth up to three and a half million dollars. And of course she says that um and I haven't it's funny because I didn't even I just found out she did an interview with Mark Lamont Hill who if you know about Mark Lamont Hill, straight black pride, um, we talked about him years ago. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things with Mark Lamont Hill. And I normally don't, y'all know, I normally don't like to call names and, you know, getting the back and forth with people. Because number one, I don't have the temperament for it, really. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be too many whatever names you call too often, you know. Uh, even as I get older some you know sometimes you just get triggered so I just try not to throw stones so they don't get thrown back and then no one gets hurt but um and brother Crow says Holly Berry's a mulatto she's married a year female man Holly Berry has well she's been through the whole Hollywood scene that's all I'm gonna say I'm gonna leave her alone Holly Berry uh, Holly Berry is well worn that, that's all that's all I'll say it's well worn but yeah but um back to Mark Mark Lamont Hill he was one of the people who was co-signing uh derogatory statements about uh Dr. Francis Chris Welsing 
when as soon as she made her transition and i'm I'm kind of noticing a pattern and i didn't even mean to i'm i'm already taking a tangent before i even get started almost but i i notice i notice a pattern with these um these homophiles especially is that they'll wait till someone passes someone that uh they consider controversial but someone they also consider strong and then they will attack the person um after now that they can't speak speak back and fight back you know i didn't really i it had never occurred to me at that time now this was back in 2016 i believe and uh brother bb Foley, man can correct me and straight black pride we had an event at uh the thurgood marshall center to address this issue where uh the uh the homophiles and mark lamont hill co-signed it and at the time uh dr umar questioned them about it kind of pulled them to the carpet like why are you co-signing this and the homophiles were saying derogatory things about dr welsing because of course dr welsing was in favor of strong black manhood and the homophiles were saying she was um i guess saying homophobic i actually don't really remember whatever they were saying they were saying whatever they were saying and he was co-signing the madness and we also know that mark lamont hill is one of the people who has spread the uh vicious rumor that came from a european about malcolm x um as baba Verudi says the homophiles are trying to sodomize malcolm in the grave so mark lamont hill i have uh several issues with him but anyway he interviewed patrice colors uh i believe that's how you say her name from black lives matter uh sometime this weekend i'm not actually sure i just saw it and she was on there blabbering and blubbering and saying whatever she was saying let's cut to the chase here the reality of the situation is is that the entire black lives matter movement is built off of the dead bodies of straight black people even though the three founders of it are three lesbians, right? Uh, Patrice Kalouz is married to a woman, um, which of course we call that European insanity. Um, uh, Brother Dawood says, you would think Mark Lamont Hill would know better after he got fired from CNN for criticizing Israel. Well, Mark Lamont Hill is a homophile. So homophiles do what homophiles do. Um, that's that's it in a nutshell. One day I'm actually see it's part of the lecture, and that's why I haven't done it as a show yet. But I am going to get to. Um, I I will have an announcement about um, though redoing those sets of lectures again, especially the dr college lecture that no one's gotten to see because it is some things in there that people need to see dealing with the homophiles and dealing with um the hats which is they're pertinent so it's time for everybody to see them um and i have i have an idea at first i was looking at my birthday but now i'm now i got some things to do before that but i have an idea when i'm gonna do it and i'll let you all know um oh speaking of which hold on let me get let me get back to what I was opposed to announce before I actually got started. Got went off on a tangent and went off talking about, you know, the homophiles and whatnot. 
because I'm not sure everybody knows this and I need to put the information in the description afterwards and the link but we've had a change of date on the gateway to the apocalypse lecture so before they straight black pride brother Dessaline always good to see you brother so the actual date will be now Saturday May 15th uh, at 630 doors open at 6 o'clock still at Everlasting Life Cafe uh, 9185 Central Avenue Capitol Heights Maryland 20743 it's still $25 advanced via Eventbrite $35 at the door and the keyword is COVID-19 gateway to the apocalypse for more information email liberation at or on the horizon.com so again this is brother genie brother genie's discussion COVID-19 gateway to the apocalypse at everlasting life cafe 9185 central avenue capital heights maryland 20743 this will be an in-person and live streamed event if there are any changes, I will let you all know uh, next week or whenever the changes occur. But there is there has been a change of date. So instead of uh, May 1st, it is now May 15th. And brother, you got ripped off. Please remind me to put that in the description box of this discussion, because, you know, when I turn off this mic, I will not remember. Um, so. I just want everybody to know that. So I didn't want people, the first to come around, people like, hey, what happened to the lecture and this and that? And I will also post this via my, I will post it on my Instagram as well as my OTWTube page. And for if, for those who have not made a, a page on OTWTube, uh, please make, a tube, make an OTWTube page. Our sister Cindy has set up something for us to be able to speak freely and speak our mind and interact with each other. It is a um, it is a multi-level social media. So you have video, blogging, and um, something else. And I believe that Sister Cindy has put my link. Yes, yeah, she's put my link in the description. So I do have a few videos there that I could not put on YouTube dealing with uh, COVID and Bill Gates and uh, the vaccine and things like that. So I have a couple of those there. And then I have some old. Well, no, actually, I have some recent shows there. And as time goes on, I'll be putting of other things there that can't go up on YouTube and I believe that the goal is for Cindy to um, eventually get streaming so we can stream over there and, and when that's the case then I'll probably be streaming um, probably be streaming YouTube and OTW tube simultaneously and a uh, wonderful producer says blog video and pictures OTW tube uncensored free speech platform. Thank you. Thank you for that. To our wonderful producer. So be sure to check that out. Like I said, I have a page over there. I think I've had a page over there since the close to the beginning of the year. 
and I do have content on the page as well. So, and in fact, I have to go over there and change the flyer because I have the old flyer for the event. But so that's that. But back to what I was saying before I uh, realized that I had to actually make announcements. Um, yeah, Mark Lamont Hill. You know, he like I said, the homophiles came out against Dr. Wells and after her after her passing and called her homophobic and all these, you know, all the stuff that they say. And of course, Dr. Wells was teaching the same thing for decades and that none of them had anything to say. And in fact, she even if in the ISIS papers and in the back of the ISIS papers, I'm not mistaken, her. um I uh, see Brother BB48 man said Is it more beneficial To listen to the Broadcast on OTW tube Or YouTube um, As of right now I I I prefer people Listen Via YouTube Because I have a lot of video Well not a lot But there are shows Where there's a lot of video content And so Is You know There are shows where The show is more visual So right now That would be more beneficial And plus I'm trying to see because I don't I don't I'm not I don't really think it happened, but I'm trying to see I'm trying to see if I can reach the YouTube metrics uh, for um, monetization before I reach the YouTube metrics of getting my channel deleted. So that's a bet I have with myself. So for those that don't know, the YouTube metrics for monetization are having a thousand subscribers and I believe 4,000 watch hours and our wonderful producer can correct me if I'm wrong about either one of those. And so in my mind, I have a bet with myself that we'll reach deletion before we reach monetization. You know, and I mean, it's just funny. I just think that's what it is. But as of right now, we have not reached deletion because I am here speaking now. And we have certainly not come close to monetization because I've been stuck at the same 160 or so subscribers for a while now. So if you have not subscribed, make sure that you subscribe. If you know anyone that might like to listen to this, uh, to these broadcasts and some of the other things that go up on the channel, um, make sure that you have them subscribe. In fact, I'm to the point that my core listening audience is about a core 20 to 25 of y'all. I'm fine with the core listening audience listening consistently and checking the channel consistently. If more of the people who follow me on the other social media simply subscribed, if we got the subscribers, I'm not worried about the listening audience. So, you know, those three way I look at it now. Those things will grow organically if I put continue to put out content and I put out more content during the week because YouTube is a, is a weird beast. People actually probably because people are working from home and things like that. I saw a stat that says 81 percent of people in America you use YouTube in some way, shape or form which means they have completely cornered the market at the same time. It does leave room for other people because they've cornered the market, but they've also censored a lot of people. So there's an opening there for other people, but we won't discuss that. 
Um, but with that being said, like I said, I would like to be able to bring over more people from my other two social media, which have over one has barely over a thousand and the other one has way over a thousand and just have some subscribers just to see, you know, I'm curious to be honest, just to see how many people, um, just to see what YouTube would do considering our message, because I think that we're in a unique space, a straight black pride message is unique on YouTube. Now, you know, brother Jeannie was doing this thing and representing and had a large following and they decided they had enough of him when he, uh, you know, when the election was coming around and you know, now I'm a small channel, so I don't think they really pay attention. You know, they're probably listening to this laughing, but you know, we're going to do what we do. And my goal is to keep the straight black pride message out in some way in the, some form of mainstream area of social media. I've managed to um, dodge the raindrops and not be deleted from Instagram, weirdly enough. But, um, you know, I've been deleted from Twitter a couple of times. And our wonderful producer says, yeah, but they demonetized me and I reached the status for YouTube. So don't put your eggs in their basket, but you can try it need the people at OTW too. we can get paid but I need the people as a catch 22 oh well yeah well my answer to you is when you get the live streaming I can do both at the same I can do both at the same time via the software that I use so yeah I'm waiting on you for that but that nothing is stopping people from going there setting up their um setting up your accounts and posting and checking out the information that's already there. Cause that's actually a lot of videos and a lot of stuff that's being posted to OTW two that you can't catch on YouTube now. So if you're looking for information that you know has already been censored from YouTube, you definitely want to go over there and check OTW tube out. Cause you're going to find stuff, um, not just from myself, but from other people you're going to find information that you may have been looking for and just can't find anywhere else. Um, there are some other platforms that are kind of hit or hit or miss, but as far as our people and stuff, we might be interested in that stuff we need to know. It's a lot of it being posted on OTW tube and a lot of it that will be posted on OTW tube in the future. Now, now that I've finished with my unpaid commercial for OTW tube, <laughs> um, yeah, but so back to, yeah, Mark Lamont here. And so, yeah, he did that. And then, like I said, I noticed a pattern cause I noticed when DMX, um, when DMX, when he passed, then suddenly there was this discussion about him and homophobic lyrics and things like that. And I'll be completely honest. DMX has had plenty of stuff on his songs that I don't agree with. Uh, I was not, when DMX was out, I, I wasn't against DMX, but I never bought a DMX album. Like he wasn't my favorite, you know, my favorite rapper or anything like that. But he had 
I'm not gonna lie, he had hits. Like if you say, if you're my generation and you say you didn't like any DMX songs, I'm not going to really believe you. There's only one person if they say that, will I believe? It's only one. Anybody else, maybe, well, no, maybe two, but they're kind of related. Anybody else, I'm not gonna believe them. But they did the same thing with DMX that I saw them do with Dr. Wilson. Wait till the person's no longer here and then run out and call uh run out and call the person uh uh homophobic and, and misogynistic and you know whatever other names. And you know, yeah it is what it is. DMX has said plenty of things, like I said, that uh, I would not co-sign, you know, that have been con- con- that would be controversial in the least. And the only reason they weren't controversial back then is because a lot of times people didn't actually catch what people were saying because you just caught up in the music. And, you know, I mean, remember, this guy's growling and barking and all there's all types of stuff happening. So actually catching <laughs> certain parts of what he says, sometimes you didn't catch. Sometimes we didn't catch certain stuff. You know, sometimes you have to listen multiple times. You're like, wait a minute. He, what? So, but the homophiles, that's what they do. They wait till the person is not able to defend themselves and then they attack them. And that brings us back to Mark Lamont Hill and Patrice Colors. Now, the whole Patrice Colors thing is not surprising, you know, at all. But everyone got up in arms because of her and, you know, these houses and this money. But when Straight Black Pride did research into Black Lives Matter, this probably five years ago. Wait a minute, what? Actually, no, it's probably six years ago, right? Maybe like 2015 or so. I forgot it's 2021. Um, when we investigated that that's where we saw that they were connected with George Soros that's where we saw where um, you know where they were pro-LGBT and all these things right and then even before that uh, the brother um, Darren Seals King D. Seals had had did an interview with uh, Brother Irritated Genie and had discussed um, the whole situation of how they came about and, and what was going on in the Mike Brown movement. So, first of all, let me see if I can bring up this article uh, with uh, Brother King D. Seals up. Let me see if I can bring that up. But f- for those who don't remember him he was one of the primary organizers of the mike brown movement in ferguson and what ended up happening is he was mysteriously murdered and i do not believe that that case has ever been solved so what we're going to do i think is we're gonna go to this article and 
It says who killed Darren Seals. Now, this is an old article because he was murdered in, I believe, 2016. And it says when the gunfire stopped on August 3rd, 2013, Darren Seals had six gunshot wounds. The then 26-year-old, known for running with a rough crowd, had been hit as he stood outside his cousin's house waiting for a ride. The first tore through his stomach, three more through his hands, which he had thrown up to block his face as he fell to the ground. Two more bullets struck his feet. It was the second time he'd been shot. According to the account, Seals would later provide in interviews and social media posts. The third and final time came earlier this week. St. Louis Police, St. Louis County Police say the remains of Seals' lifeless body which had at least one gunshot wound were found early Tuesday inside the vehicle, which had been set aflame, police are investigating as a homicide. During the past three years, SEALs have become among St. Louis' most prominent anti-violence advocates and co-founder of Hands Up United, an activist collective formed after the police shooting of 18-year-old Mike Brown in Ferguson. Right? So, the important part of this is that our brother, King D. Seals, rising power forever, was at the foundation of this movement. And that, let me put his picture up so we remember, and that he would be murdered, and along with, I believe it's been like four or five other activists, and one of the things that people remember, and I believe our brother is talking about, uh, our brother I. Allen says, yeah, they killed a masculine black man. Or oh, even hold up, wrong thing. Okay, before D. Seals was murdered, he spoke out against the homophiles of BLM stealing his movement and wanting to never be associated with them. Right, that's what I was going to get to. So before he was murdered, right, he talked about, and he, he did an interview with Brother Irritated Genie in, um, I, I I could not find that interview. I could have just asked Brother Jenny, but I wasn't thinking about it at the time. Um, but he talked about the whole situation with the Mike Brown movement. And he talked about what happened, how he went to the family, how he helped organize the protest, how they stood toe-to-toe against the police, and everything, right? And Brother Jenny had went out to, to Ferguson to see what was going on, and they met, I believe, in a mall, like, he walked right past him and uh, King D. Seals recognized him like, hey, brother, you irritate Jenny and they got to talk and so forth, so on, right? So before he transitioned, this now, again, this is before, way before Black Lives Matter blows up. He talks about how they came out there. He talked about uh, D. Ray McKessick and some of these other homophiles. They came out there. And while the brothers was organizing and, and protesting and, you know, doing all the stuff they was doing and standing toe to toe with the police. Right. Like, I mean, nose to nose. While they were doing that, these brothers, because this was their community. He's he's from Ferguson. He lived in the area. He was in. He came out like right after Mike Brown was murdered. Right. While they're doing that. Um. D-Ray and whoever else them other people were they sat around and were tweeting the events right 
live tweeting the events. And then they started raising money and all this stuff. So all the money and, and the momentum and stuff went away from the Mike Brown movement, right? The D seals helped set up along with the family and then went to these black lives matter people, right? Next thing you know, you hear black lives matter everywhere. It's printed everywhere. It's on t-shirts. You see rallies, you see white people, all this stuff. While they're blowing up, while they're getting money, while they're getting jobs, while you see D-Ray on TV, you see, uh, 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 what's the white dude? Um, Sean King, he pops up out of nowhere. And all these people, right? All these Black Lives Matter connected people. Getting all this money and resources and fame and clout and all this stuff. Brother King D. Seals and some of those other brothers whose names I do not no, I'm, I'm sure I can find articles and everything. Y'all can look them up. These brothers are being murdered one by one. So the strong men, right? The strong men, the masculine men, the young Asafo, the young warriors, our brothers who are doing the work, are being systematically executed and run out of Ferguson. While these lesbians and these homophiles are running around collecting monies and, and jobs and degrees and cars and housing. I mean, probably boats and planes. We just haven't found it yet. Collecting millions upon millions of dollars. And they never mention this brother's name ever. And he was one of the first people there holding the line holding the police feet to the fire and promising to get some form of justice for that black family. Right? Again, all of this that I'm talking about, this was, I guess, the Mike Brown murder that's been nearly eight years ago now. King D. Seals murders four and a half years ago now. Right? So while the black man is being murdered, the homophile is being rewarded. Right? So now, let's look at the next part of this equation. Right? We got Patrice Colors, right? Now, she has come out and they found that she has a $1.5 million home and she has other property and her property has she make has up to 3.4 million dollars but she claims she's never taken any money or any salary from black lives matter now this can be this can be true and you still be getting money because they have if you have ever researched this organization they have so many it's so many tentacles to Black Lives Matter and so many Black Lives Matter connected things and so many um, different entities and whatnot. I mean, it looks like someone trying to hide money. It looks like shell companies and dummy corporations. So she can literally name one thing and say, I'm not getting money from them, but be getting money from another thing called Black Lives Matter or something connected with them. Both of those things can be true. 
right? Brother, you got ripped off, said S SBP Radio used to have connections with the last survivor of the grassroots movement. His name slips my mind, but I've been thinking about the brother for a while, hoping he's okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Um, I don't know what really, um, what became of that brother. I hope he's well. I hope he was able to get out that area because, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Brother Chris, Chris Seitzer. Right, brother. Right, right, right. Right, brother. You got ripped off. And so th this... Patrice Galore's lesbian has come under fire for her uh, financial misdealings. But the reason I want to bring it up is not because I'm surprised or shocked or I can't believe it or any of those things, but I just want to show that they are making money. Homosexuals. Let's, let's talk about it. Homosexuals are making money off of the murders of straight black people. Stop me when I'm lying. George Floyd had several women. Our wonderful producer interviewed one of his friends. You know what type of friends? I'm talking about adult friends. Y'all know what I mean. You know, one of the sisters that he was familiar with. Right. So George Floyd was straight. In fact, many people believe that George Floyd's uh, acumen with the ladies is one of the reasons why the small hat murdered him. Right. King D. Seals was straight. He had a girlfriend at the time of his murder. Breonna Taylor was straight. She had a boyfriend and an ex-boyfriend. And we, in fact, the young man that was just shot, he, he had a two-year-old baby. He was straight. Uh, the brother, what was the brother that got shot by the police um, when he was with, he had his girlfriend in the car? Uh, Philando Castile. He was straight. Right? So all of these straight black people and some half black people were being murdered. And homophiles are receiving money. Think about that. We've never, I don't think we ever looked at it that way. And maybe some people have and, and if so, then that's good. But it, it's worth discussing again. And now we're seeing more and more people get more and more dissatisfied with what's going on. Now we're seeing families of victims talk about it. And what do we have here? Rihanna Taylor's mom slams BLM chapter in Louisville as a fraud. Right. So we now we're hearing from people who. Who Black Lives Matter uses their name of their family members. And they make money, they collect money and they print T-shirts and sell T-shirts and get signs and placards and 
people run out and yell Black Lives Matter and we don't like the police and uh, what they say, defund the police and all this good stuff. And then people go home back to wherever they wherever they were. And Black Lives Matter gets their money. Right. And nothing changes. And the irony is that they have Benjamin Crump here in this picture. Because I believe I can't believe I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were saying this guy is basically a settlement lawyer. He just comes in and gets you a check. He doesn't get you any justice. He just comes to negotiate the price that will be paid for your murdered family member. But I want to read this article real quick. Says the mom of Breonna Taylor slammed a Black Lives Matter chapter as a fraud and a sense removed social media post. She says, I have never personally dealt with BLM Louisville and personally have found them to be a fraud. State Representative Atika Scott, another fraud, Tamika Palmer wrote on Facebook. The post was apparently removed from Facebook early Saturday, though it is unclear why or by whom. Now it says that Taylor 26 was shot and killed by Louisville, Kentucky police in March 2020 during a botched drug raid. Her death, one of several at the hands of police that inspired Black Lives Matter protesters to riot in cities across the United States last year. Palmer's attorney, I mean, Palmer's savaging of Black Lives Matter comes days, just days after the Post reported, that's the New York Post, BLM co-founder and avowed Marxist Patrice Kahn-Colors has snapped up at least $3.2 million in real estate. The mom of Rihanna Taylor slammed a Black Lives Matter chapter as a fraud. Scott singled out, Scott singled out in the Post has been one of the state's leading proponents of a ban on no-knock police warrants. Taylor was killed during a no-knock raid on her apartment. The city of Louisville paid Taylor's family $12 million in September following a wrongful death suit. I've watched y'all raise money on behalf of Brianna's family who has never done a, wow, she said, who has never done a damn thing for us. Talk about fraud, Palmer wrote. I could walk into a room full of people who claim to be here for Brianna's family who don't even know who I am. I'm so sick of some of y'all. I'm done with this S-H-I-T. Enough is enough. Brianna Taylor's mother wrote that. Interestingly enough, they said that it was taken down by Facebook. I don't think it was taken down by um, Brianna Taylor's mother. Um... I saw an article and I'll see if I can find it that says that they had banned the discussion on uh, Patrice Coulour's real estate. And I'm going to see if I can find it because I just saw it and I was like, oh, here it is. Here we go. Facebook censors New York Post report on BLM co-founders pricey property purchases. Uh, 
says Facebook has barred users from sharing a New York Post report from last week about the controversial property acquisitions by Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Conclures. Users of the social media giant noticed on Thursday that they could not share the link to a story that shed light on Calor's multi-million dollar splurge on homes. Fox News can confirm that an error message appears whenever users try to share the article on their personal Facebook or through the Messenger app. When users attempt to send the link, an error message alleges that the article goes against community standards. And then it says, has someone saying, can you share this article on Facebook or Facebook Messenger? I was blocked from doing it. What gives? Journalist Zaid Jelani asked. And he asked that on Twitter. And then several other people on Twitter came to the same conclusion. In a statement to Tucker Carlson tonight, Facebook said this content was removed for violating our privacy and personal information policy. Twitter took similar action last week, locking the account of sports journalist Jason Whitlock after he criticized the BLM co-founder. Wow. So. I I didn't know. I knew about the Facebook. I didn't know about the Twitter that now. Okay. Let's think about this for a moment. What black people you know are so connected and who do you have and so powerful and who do you have to be connected to that you can get things censored on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook? Because think because let's think about this for a moment. On Twitter and Facebook, you can call people in words all day, every day. Right? On this article is simply talking about the fact that this person who claims to be a trained Marxist has $3.4 million worth of property. That is not as if she has $3.4 million of property that is housing activists to train them to go out and you know fight police brutality and no one said that she just has a one and a half million dollar home in LA near white people because she has a nice house near white people there doesn't seem to be any the reason she has it seems to be all personal for her benefit and literally all people are doing are trying to share the article saying hey did you see this you might be interested and then what do we have it's all locked out you can't share it right what black people you know have that type of juice which means if black people don't have that type of juice it means you have to be connected to the people who have that type of juice and who are the people that have that type of juice brother Desaline says the hats are always working together and organized for those who listen to the old show what did I tell you about Alicia Garza I found her on a Jewish women's website being lauded as a Jewish woman 
Alicia Garza might be darker than me. So only hat connected black people can get can get negative press banned from social media. So when we see Breonna Taylor's mom talk about Black Lives Matter and that they're not for the people and that they haven't been there for her, it's because they're for their paymasters and their relatives who are the hats, including Mr. Soros. No one can dispute this. No one can debate this. They can argue, but they cannot disprove what we're saying. And just like hats, just like hats would, hats want you to die, but they want to exploit your death. What do Black Lives Matter do? If police stop murdering black people, Black Lives Matter ceases to exist. The donations stop and they go out of business. They don't make any money. So they literally have a financial they have a financial interest in black people, especially straight black men, being shot down in the street like dogs by the white nationalists. So we got the white nationalists shooting us down in the street like dogs, masquerading as police. And then we have the small hats and the homophiles collecting the money. And the straight black people, all we get is tears and condolences. You see, you, you see straight black people are surrounded by enemies. And if that ain't bad enough, while all this is going on and we're fighting for our lives, Kid Cuddy wants to put on a dress in front of our children as if they didn't see little Nas X enough. I guess he said, well, little Nas X got the, got the young, young people. I'll just go ahead and try to get the teenagers and the 20 somethings. This is the insanity that we exist in. But again, if you've been following straight black pride for since 2015 or so, at least, none of this is a shock to you. But for those who haven't, for those that don't know, for those who run around yelling Black Lives Matter, you're probably disturbed. Jumbo to Philly eBabe. I don't think I saw you come in. I was going on. Did I miss anybody else? I don't know if I say greetings to Brother Crow, who says that uh, Attorney Crump is an ambulance chaser. Can't argue with that part. And, uh, Brother Dawood said it's almost like the homophiles have their own mafia to launder money and take people out under the table. Well, the homophiles are, are junior hats. That's what I call them. So if if they have a problem, they they can just, you know, call the hats and the hats will take care of it. Like one of the things that no one ever talks about, um, and I think it might get this show deleted, but no one ever talks about the history of the hat mafia. And it's so much of a taboo topic that I found a book on the uh, hat mafia 
one time and the book was like like $580 or, or some astronomical number you know it was part of the rare book collection and I have I have paid some large sums of money for some rare books I've collected rare books before but that may as far as a book about your or written by Europeans that's probably the highest book I've seen now there's some books by us that they I mean they just put through the roof you know and there are different websites you can go to check and find information but um yeah when they don't want somebody to find out something they just simply just take all the books out of circulation and raise the price I remember I'm old enough to rem remember when Huey P. Newton's work was out of print when uh, To Die for the People and Revolutionary Suicide were not available for print at all in fact when I first got knowledge they weren't available and brother you got ripped off says that uh, the George Floyd protests here in Denver last year were organized by a white 17 year old we know personally she was funded by BLM well there it is and Unique One Express says that okay she responded wait a minute hold up let me go back brother Crow says the hats are more dangerous than the white nationalists and then Unique One Express says both the hats and nationalists are dangerous in their own way both are destroying us in their own way both of those are true the hats are more dangerous because they can control the minds of people and it's nothing more dangerous than controlling the minds of people and brother you got ripped off says Dale Jones Culture Bandits Volume 1 priced at $385 exactly I have Volume 1 I've tried to find Volume 2 for four years it was easily it was around that price range of what you're talking about Volume 1 that's what Volume 2 was at I think I eventually got it for like $100 you know $20 book and BB48 man says new millennium book burning indeed indeed so I, I mean I'm not gonna lie to rebuild my library and get it to where it is with some of the stuff some of the rare stuff I have and then what's wild is sometimes editions of books are rare but sometimes a second or third edition doesn't have the stuff that's in the first edition and that's a whole nother thing if you're going to build a library that is that has certain books man just just start off with you probably going to start off about 2500 <laughs> and work your way up from there um brother Awu says check out the first episode of season three of fargo season three with chris rock talks about the hat mafia in the early part of 20th century Okay, interesting. I did not see that. And Brother Crow says, Amazon banned the secret relationship between blacks and Jews, volumes one, two, and three. Yeah, I do remember hearing that. Um, the good part about that, you can get that directly from uh, the NOI's website, I'm sure. Uh, of course, Amazon is like huge. So uh, it may have affected sales, but it's better to get books like that from our, directly from the source or directly from our people anyway um like books by baba baruti i always tell people go just get it from um acumenhouse.com get get it directly from baba baruti stuff like stuff like that uh, as far as the nation's books 
yeah, I just go ahead and, um, you know, just go ahead and get it straight from them. And brother, you got ripped off says I, you got a free volume three of Dale Jones books from thrift books by purchasing volume one. They sent volume three. Wow. I missed out on that. Yeah, that that's volume three probably worth two hundred dollars easy at this time. And even though we've gone completely off on this tangent here, but that's one thing. I don't know how I don't know how we do it. I don't know how it works. One thing we have to do, we have to begin to do is make sure the works of our elders and our ancestors, as far as their intellectual property stays in the hands of the people and stays um, and stays um, accessible to the people. So we're going to have to find some way where whether it's a close relative or whoever the case may be, like, for example, I don't know how or why, but Destruction of Black Civilization, which is a key book, is still twenty to twenty five dollars, which is a price it seems like it's always been. Dr. Wellsing's book around twenty dollars. So we have to find a way, and I don't know, I don't know how this works, but we have to find a way to get stuff like um, Dale Jones stuff back in circulation, so that the people can get it for a reasonable price, and that he is re. Um, so that he is remembered by us and he lives in our memory. Uh, there are a lot of lectures and stuff by people like Steve Coakley. You know, that's that information is still relevant. I know his son has a collection of his stuff, so I know he's doing the work. But that's something I think we got to look into as some of our people information has kind of fallen through the cracks. I don't know um i really don't know about bob adele jones as far as who is in charge of that um i don't even know who to contact uh, and brother crow says that bugsy siegel the one who made vegas what it is a known hat mobster yeah indeed 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 and brother desaline says the hat mafia hat mafia book priced at 486 dollars to prove our point so if you if you ever think that information is not valuable look at the prices of these books that we are talking about greetings lord bell good to see you uh we well we were talking about the fraudulence of black lives matter we we're talking about uh king d seals and how he talked about that whole thing was was um what what I call astroturf a long time ago and uh lately we've been talking about the cost of um the ridiculous cost of books and information and the things that um the way that they hide things from us by just making the price of things astronomical but yeah so in addition to Breonna Taylor's mom, I believe there have been other survivors, and y'all help me out because I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But didn't Mike Brown's father say something about Black Lives Matter as well a couple of months ago? So what we're starting to see now is that people are starting to speak up and people are starting to, I can't even say expose because they've been exposed, 
but people are the actual survivors of the people who Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter is making money off of the deaths of their relatives. They are starting to speak out. And I think that carries more weight and gets garners more attention. But again, like I said, the the fact that these people can get negative information removed from social media just lets us know that the people, the black people we see, yeah, they're a problem. But the the puppet masters behind them we I mean we see how much power they have and brother Patrick said Mike Brown's dad want to be a limb to break off some money to community activists thank you brother I, I I knew it was Mike Brown's father I couldn't remember the entire context and he was talking about how they how they were doing work and how they you know they have programs set up and things like that but they're not receiving any financial support and the reason they're not receiving any financial support is because all the money people just hear black lives matter they see somebody get killed and they just send money to them and then not only that but soros and whoever else is already giving them money meanwhile the people on the ground doing the work the people related to the people that been murdered the people that were activists before any of these things happen in whatever community it is they don't receive any money any support any anything and brother elijah says i believe tamir um tamir rice is that tamir rice mom was upset with blm as well Mike Brown's mom was upset as well. Yeah. And I, I saw something where Tamir Rice's mother just asked, um, what's the president? The president, somebody help me out. Um, Biden, the Biden administration to reopen the case of Tamir Rice's murder, which is one of those, man, that, I mean, all right, we're going to be candid here. There are some things as black men that we can't let ride. That was one of those that we couldn't let ride. Um, a BB48 man says, digitizing these books is the way to go. Consent from author or the family must be obtained. Um, Tony Browder was getting permission from Dr. Wells and sister for Kindle version of the ISIS papers. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's, mm, I, I, I'm not going to go there. That's interesting. Browder. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Yeah. And I've met Dr. Um, I met Dr. Wells and sister. I have a somewhere in my phone. I have a picture of us together. Um, I was at a, uh, a Kwanzaa event that we have in DC every year. And she just happened to walk up and I just turned around. And she was there. She's very nice, very kind and, you know, was gave over time and spoke to me and, you know, was kind enough to take the picture and everything like that. So, um, you know, very wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, I always found this personal story. Oh, <laughs> this guy's on truth though. I always found Dr. Wells and always found her intimidating. You know, I would go, um, I would go have gone a couple of times to her 
lectures that used to be on Thursday night at of Howard University. I mean, Thursday night at eight o'clock. Um, for those who are familiar, and it went on. They were on. Went on for. I'm sure over twenty years, if I'm not mistaken. And um, yeah, I would like never go down and take pictures or whatever. I would just sit in the back and listen and take notes. I just found. I found. Um, I found Dr. Welsing intellectually intimidating when I was younger. I had kind of looked at her with a sense of reverence and awe. Um, as far as her work now, the brother uh, Danny Queen, I got to meet him. And maybe, maybe I need to do an interview with him. That's what I, I, it never even occurred to me to just now. But he's has he has he recorded all her her lectures. Uh, when she gave them um, so he had all her lectures all uh, I believe he has them on audio but I think he also has some video as well and so he is doing the work for that also the brother in uh, Brooklyn who I met one time he has all of Dr. Amos Wilson's work so there are people who are already doing that and keeping the work and legacy alive of these elders and these ancestors and they are usually people who are not well known in and of themselves and we should um we should applaud these people first of all for doing this work because it's tremendous work it's great work and also we should um we should support them as much as we can um and i can't i cannot think of um your brother's name will come to me but I actually went to Brooklyn and met him and you know he has a small space and he has lots of books around and he's put together some some new um I believe he put together a new book um by Amos Wilson. I'm not sure if it's from previous speeches or old manuscripts, I'm not actually sure. And brother Patrick said Clemson Brown. Is that the name of the brother? Brother, just let me let me know if that's that's the name. Uh, I don't want to misspeak miss misspeak. Um, and brother said Clemson Brown's his name. Okay, okay. Cause I could not I could not remember. Um, and then Philly E Babe says she disagrees with Browder regarding the nose of the Sphinx. Um, I've heard a couple of things. I don't actually remember what Browder said about that. To be completely honest. I don't have any clue because um, I have read his books in at least a decade. I have some of his work. I just have my own. Just I just put it like this. If you want to know why I feel about Mr. Browder the way I do, um, yeah, just look at a BB48 man. <laughs> just look at his comment. He, he clarifies it. You know, it's interesting. You know, since we pretty much have covered the main subject, I said we haven't really talked about the police terrorism terrorism to a degree, but we we see it so much. I don't feel like I have to really talk about it other than the fact that the murders of black straight black people being exploited by homophiles. That's the main thing that I want to get to. Right. And and eventually, maybe later this week, I might do one during the week. We're going to talk about while black people are being gunned down incessantly by the police, 
um, these Yoruku are running around shooting up everything like Ricochet Rabbit and being brought in alive if they're even being caught, which is not a surprise to anyone. I mean, we know, but you know, they're not even trying to hide it at this point. They brought in what an 18 year old from uh, Indianapolis went into um, FedEx. He's working at FedEx, went into FedEx, shot up the place, killed about eight people or so, and they captured him alive, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong with that. Did they capture him alive or did he kill himself? Um, so I'm not sure one or the other, but in the grand scheme, it, it didn't matter. It's just another armed murderer who happens to be European, and in this case, young, who gets brought out, who doesn't get killed by the police, the same way that uh, the uh, little boy that shot up the he killed himself. Okay, uh, he took the coward's way out. Too bad, um, brother Patrick said he killed himself, but you know he would have been brought out alive just like uh, the little boy that shot up the church people a few years ago down in Charleston, South Carolina, you know, these people always manage to shoot up everything and then drop their gun and just walk out with their hands up or however it goes down and get arrested. Don't even get beat up. Meanwhile, black people just minding their business. Like the, uh, I believe his brother's half black, half Hispanic, the soldier. And he's wearing his whole uniform. I, <laughs> I just put it like this. Um, if you are wearing your entire uniform and you're still being harassed by the police, there's no excuse for you as a black man to act as if you don't understand that you are under attack. Dylan Roof. Thank you, brother. Brother Patrick. And you got ripped off says, meanwhile, civil servants, civil servants are donating to Kyle Rittenhouse Defense Fund. Exactly. I had forgot about that. I was going to get to it eventually, but yeah, but again, that's not a shot because he, he's a real American and they're real Americans. They're on the same team. And that's the difference between us and our enemies, our enemies. They, there's no fifth column on our team amongst our enemies, but there are multiple fifth columns. You got, of course, the integration is Negroes in general, right? They're working for Yorugu. You got the homophiles. They're working for Yorugu. You got the celebrities, like Kid Cudi. you like, because generally, the type of attack on black men that you would see would cause a rise in testosterone because it would cause a rise in the fight or flight response and we've been doing enough running so normally it would make men be like okay they after us we gotta do something we gotta do something right but in the midst of that a dude that I, is apparently fairly popular amongst the young people is like nah don't do nothing just put on a dress you'll be alright that's literally the message that Kid Cudi put out on Saturday Night Live now I, me personally I don't still watch Saturday Night Live I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in years but I'm sure, even though it's nowhere near as popular as it was when 
I was basically a child when, um, you know, Eddie Murphy and those type of people got their start. Right. But the thing about it is that in this era, in the social media era, you just have to go on a platform that's big enough that other people see what you do and they blow it up. So everybody doesn't even have to see the Saturday Night Live. You just have to do it on Saturday Night Live. And then somebody says, man, did you see so-and-so on Saturday Night Live? And then it goes throughout social media. Then everybody sees it. And then the young people are affected that way. They don't have to stay up till midnight or whenever the show actually comes on anymore. And let's see. You got ripped off says, I believe Kyle's victims were hats. Funny how that works. Where's the anti-Semitic rhetoric? Hmm. Interesting. I never actually. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't I didn't pay any attention. I just saw uh, Yurugu had shot Yurugu and I was like, oh, OK. So I just moved out the way. I'm like, that's that's their thing. So if, if it's a white nationalist versus hat thing, then, you know, so be it. You know, I'm all for that. We can just take one step back and just move out the way and let the festivities commence. And uh, Brother Crow says, shout out to Attorney Awesome, also known as Attorney Vernon Jackson, down in uh, North Florida, doing his thing with BPM, Building Powerful Minds, indeed. Training young young black boys to be warriors. That brother's a, a specialist at that and been doing that for years, maybe even a decade or so. Um that's a if y'all not familiar with that brother follow him on instagram definitely a strong warrior definitely holding the line definitely um not an advocate of grown men nor young boys wearing um dresses and that boy tree says seen a video of a white dude taking a cop for a ride in his truck fleeing away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You and the thing is, you've seen we've seen those types of videos for years where the police have put themselves at risk to avoid shooting another European. You know, like you said, that one he jumped on the truck and the guy was speeding around like some type of movie. I've seen I've seen one where uh Somebody tried to run over the cop and the cop actually never fired. But, but I did see one where this old man walked up on on the cop and he, the, the cop kept backing up, backing up, backing up. The old man kept coming to him. Then the old man got in range and he let him have it. And I was like, wow, <laughs> he let him have it. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just saying it surprising, you know, not laughing, cause not laughing at the old man being shot down like a dog. That's. Don't misconstrue that. That's just not what's going on. I'm just saying. I just, you know, remembered it. It was surprising, that's all. Um, Rittenhouse victims' last names were Huber and Rosenbaum. Yes, Rosenbaum. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, And the brother says... Uh, brother attorney awesome has videos on YouTube as well that I did not know yeah that I did not know okay 
Because I know he does lives on um <laughs> Come on Philly E babe Don't start me laughing I'm trying to be serious here She's talking about it was funny Okay it was funny I know it was I'm, you know, saying? I'm not saying I was laughing because it was funny, but it was funny. I'm not saying it wasn't funny because, um, you know, they laugh at our pain, you know. And if y'all know me, y'all know who I am. Those of you that's been around me, y'all know. <laughs> y'all know. Come on now, I'm trying not to get. The object is not get the page deleted. Y'all not helping. Got me laughing at these people. You know, walking in front of guns and whatnot with policing, you know. But, um, <laughs> again, don't forget May 15th. Uh, that's less than a month away. You know, Brother Janie's gateway to the apocalypse at Everlasting Life. So, if you can, if you're in the area, you can make it down. I believe this is one you don't want to miss. Um, you know, Janie doesn't do as many lectures as he used to do. But and I think this might be a different. Well, I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a different format. So yet don't want to miss it. Hopefully I will see. I'm not gonna call no names because then y'all gonna feel compelled to come down. So I'm not gonna say any names. Um, but I got a few more minutes. Any other events that have happened this week or things that I missed? Uh, Y'all let me know. So I'm just going to go stream of consciousness for the next few days. I mean, the next next few days, next few minutes as we um, conclude this broadcast. By the way, our wonderful producer says, make sure that you sign up for OTW Tube, uncensored and free speech and follow the DC Radical One page when you get there and i'm glad that our wonderful producer has said that because yours truly forgot once again to put his information on the bottom of the page because i'm not as young as i used to be apparently so again as usual you can follow me where can you follow me you can follow me on instagram at dc.radical the numeral one also, you can follow me on Twitter at DC underscore radical underscore O N E. And the cash app is dollar sign DC radical one. Be sure to donate if you can. If you can't, that's cool. And of course, this is the YouTube capital D small c radical the number one. And you can email me at DC dot radical underscore one at protonmail.com, which some of you have done. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can DM me about stories or topics you want to discuss or you want me to discuss on the show. Um, if I don't respond immediately, it's because I get a lot of DMs, like easily a dozen a day, easily. And when I say I'm, that's the conservative estimate, it's probably actually more like 25 a day, to be honest, because sometimes people send multiples. And uh, I see that Brother Desaline's been donated via the Cash App. Thank you, Brother Desaline. Brother Desaline has been very generous. Business must be going well up there. I hope it's going well, and I hope it continues to go well. 
And Brother Patrick has a question. First of all, oh, hold up. Let me get, you got ripped off. I wish I could make it, but I'm saving up for August. We're making it there this year. Okay. All right, Brother Will. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you then. Um, Let me know. Contact me. I may be able to get a discount on a local hotel. So let me know. And Brother Patrick says, did you see the story about the small hat? Female principal was trying to criminalize young boys for being straight at Atlanta High School. I um I heard I saw somebody else was talking about that, but I didn't get a chance to listen to um listen to what they were saying, so I didn't get the whole story. So yeah, I'm gonna have to um brother send me that in the, in the DM, send me the the article so I can read it because I didn't have a chance to catch the whole story, so I'm not. I didn't get the context, so I didn't want to speak of it. But you said two things. You said small hat and Atlanta, which means if it is what I think it is, there's no surprise here at all. And Brother Louisville, like, man, when is Jeannie going to be on the show, man? You know, I had to talk to Brother Jeannie. Uh, it may... I'm going to see if I can get him before he does a lecture. But normally when he gets in the lecture mode, he kind of like um, just kind of disappears and turns into a hermit before before he gets in the lecture mode and wants to make sure everything is tight and everything. So I would like to get him on before the lecture, but it more than likely it'll be after the lecture. Um, but I'll let you know. I, I'll let you all know. And I'm trying to think because I did promise that we were going to do the watch party for the for my lecture, which I definitely want to do before his lecture. Y'all. All right. I'll let y'all know. It's either going to be Friday, Saturday or Sunday or a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. So it's either going to be a Friday night, a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday. I'm not sure. I want it so that um, even the sisters in um, on the continent, so even that they can see it. So I'm going to talk to them, see what's a good day for them, which means it'll probably be during the day because they are, I believe, seven hours ahead. Okay. And okay. Yeah, I think that's who I saw, brother. I think that's who I saw with it. And brother, you got ripped off. Can we talk about Johnson and Johnson, Johnson and Johnson vaccine? I mean, I'll, this is what I'll say about that. They got sued for baby powder. Anybody who can't make baby powder without killing you, you shouldn't be taking a vaccine from them. That's what, that's pretty much all I'm going to say on that. I mean, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. Baby powder. You, how you mess that up? You know? And now, um, so did they recall the vaccine? Cause I, I, last thing I saw, they, they stopped production, but I don't think, well, you can't recall a vaccine, you know, well, I guess you can, but yeah, if you took that one, mm, yeah, you made a mistake that mm, you don't want, mm, 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 mm. yeah, you don't want that Johnson Johnson. In fact, Go on to my OTW2 page and 
check out the check out the Bill Gates um, short documentary. It's about 20, 25 minutes. If you haven't checked that out, check that out. You want to check that out. Also, uh, Dr. It's a European female, Dr. Carrie Madej, I believe. She was one of the first people to break down what exactly these uh, mRNA vaccines are. Go to my OTW2 page. Check both those videos out. And then there's another video that I was trying to get up, but I I haven't been able to find a copy of that deals with the mRNA mRNA uh, vaccines. What's the difference between those and the standard vaccines that we know about and have been some of us have been taking most of our lives? Uh, and. Oh, brother, I will say John Ayala, the grandfather of 11 year old Davon McNeil, was shot and killed in D.C. last year. Criticized BLM for not caring about black on black crime. I mean, hey, that's BLM only turns out to protest police. Right. They are. And I, I was going to talk about this one time, but I'm going to try to find actually find the clip from. Kwame Ture. Kwame Ture talked about one time that they are black power to Neda Patel. Um, he talked about the difference between mobilization and organization. And I'm going to get into that real quick. I got a few more minutes. In, in um, to break it down in simplest terms, mobilization is basically what you see Black Lives Matter do. Something happens, they let a bunch of people know, a bunch of people show up, they protest, they go away. That's mobilization. Um, mass mobilization movements that we've seen, prime example would be um, Million Man March. Gigantic mobilization of black men. Organization is different organization is sustained effort at a goal by a mass of people right so for black people it's far more difficult to organize black people than it is to mobilize black people now what's interesting about it is that in order to mobilize black people multiple times it takes organization to do that but in but sustained organization takes effort, dedication, sacrifice, and finance. When you look at Black Lives Matter, you don't see any sacrifice by them. They're well financed. They have the they I believe have the capacity to organize, but they don't have the interest because when you don't believe that a part of the community is relevant, meaning straight black men, then you can never organize the entire community because the black men aren't going to support you. The black women that like black men aren't going to support you. And then when the grandmas and the grandpas, when they find out about it, they're not going to support you. So by definition, black lives matter can never be a black organization 
because at its root, at its core, its philosophy is European. And thus they could never organize black people. But because we react to emotion and visuals, because they show us the black people being shot down in the street, then what happens is they're able to mobilize black people. And what makes it so dangerous, and I'm going to ask you answer your question in a minute, uh, Netter Batal. What makes it so dangerous is two things happen. One, the momentum that real organizations could get is stalled because so much money and, and resources and things like that going to Black Lives Matter. And then when people see the misuse of funds, then the people get um, the, the people lose interest in the movement and they get discouraged right that's the word I was looking for they get this what courage because it takes courage to stand up against racism and white supremacy so they get discouraged and then eventually what happens is you can no longer even mobilize the people and then what happens? What happens is you start seeing a bunch of people yelling Black Lives Matter and it's 75% white. Because the black people have been discouraged by your misuse of funds and your lack of ability to gain results. Right? And so because of that, like I said, that can never be a black organization. A black organization has to be built upon the foundation. Well, let me say this. An African organization has to be built upon the foundation of man, woman, and child to be successful. Even if now in a previous time, you could, they could do that without stating it publicly, right? Because it wasn't necessary to state it publicly. So Garvey could build the UNIA ACL on the African principle of man, woman, and child and black family and organize millions of people around the world. Right? The Nation of Islam could organize thousands of people on the principle of man, woman, child for years and influence generations of people. Now, you have to, if you have an organization that's a black organization, because of the homophile assault against straight people, you can't be a black organization and not take a stance because if you don't take a stance against the homophilia, the homophiles are going to come in and take over your organization and then your organization won't be able to organize. It will only be able to what? mobilize because you won't be able to get sustained effort because this is how it works the physical sacrifice and sustained effort comes from the men the core keeping together the putty the glue that keeps it together comes from the women and the and the little bits of organization that you can't live without that seem like small things that aren't important the sisters are always the ones to do that so you cannot 
have an actual organization without black men and black women working together. I've been in multiple organizations. It's always that way. It doesn't matter whether you see the brothers up front or the sisters up front. The roles they play in the background remain the same despite the organizations being totally different from each other. If you want an organization to run smoothly and you don't have any sisters in there making sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, your stuff gonna fall apart. If you have an organization and you wanna and you have to you have children involved and you want to make sure that the children are taught or the children have a, a proper example or that the children are protected, like oh the children outside, hey, somebody watch the children. You got to have brothers there. It's a symbiotic relationship that no matter what people try to say or what people try to do, it's a symbiotic relationship that in order to be able to organize has to exist and it has always existed within our organizations. And the better that symbiotic relationship is, the stronger the organization will be. That's why they, that's why we talked about this earlier. That is why in the midst of the black power movement, in the midst of brothers fighting, literally fighting and sisters literally fighting and shooting at the pigs, as they called them, the police, the Panthers, what did they do? They sent the CIA operative to write an article called After Black Power, right? We talked about that before. I sent the uh, article to Lord Bell. Because they knew, hey, we got to attack this. If we attack this relationship between the black man and black woman, these people will stop shooting at us eventually. And where are we now? Decades later, you say, why won't brothers shoot back? Because the relationship between the black man and black woman has been partially severed and because that relationship has been partially severed you now the men are not incentivized right to make the sacrifice necessary to resist the physical assault on black people do you understand what I'm saying here I've said this before, I'll say it again. Because of the frayed relationship between black men and black women, the men are not incentivized to take the physical risk and make the sacrifice needed to repel the physical assault on black people. I'm going to give you an example of how it works. And I showed the video before, or at least I'm pretty sure I showed the video before. When one of those times, because it's been multiple times, one of those times when sisters were getting disrespected by those Asians, and the, what did the brother do? He's like, you know what? I'm going in it now. He he videotaped. I mean, he they videoed it, so he knew he was going to get arrested. He walked into this Asian shop. Hey, y'all, get out of here! This dude's been disrespecting black women. I'm about to teach him a lesson. And he threw rocks through the window. And he destroyed their property and he took their arrest and, and went on about his way like ain't nothing happened. 
Why? Because his relationship with black women hadn't been severed. But the reason it wasn't 50 dudes with him is because as a collective, our relationship has been frayed with our woman. And the European knows the only way that there will be sustained resistance is to reconnect the black man with the black woman. Because we all known for years, one of the quickest ways to start a fight in a black community is somebody to say, your mama, that's a fight. When I was growing up, it's smoke right there. Ain't no discussion. You can be your best friend. Straight to the hands. No talking. Right? But we don't even realize that for decades, we've been calling our woman out our name with hip hop and all that. Now a woman calling herself what we've been calling them and then we look at them like oh my god our women doing this oh women crazy blah, blah, blah. and they looking at us like hey they shooting you you ain't doing nothing what is what's wrong with y'all and because of that frayed relationship we can't come together to sustain to sustain sustain resistance in an organized manner so they understand the key more than we understand the key and Philly eBay says a large portion of the African population is still uninformed about the system of racism and white supremacy is refined assaults and the power dynamics that allows it to stay in place. Unfortunately, that's 100% correct. I can't argue with anything that was said there. All I can do is coast on it. But that means that now is the time right that those who claim to know have to organize and i believe i'm getting to answer the brother's question even though i'm getting i'm getting to your question right now brother now is the time for those that claim to know to organize whether you form new organizations or you join a current organization and then form coalitions between organizations. But the organization has to be based on that principle of black man, black woman, black child. And this is the key part. You have to be willing to take a stance against the homophilia. Because if you do not make the homophiles uncomfortable they will come in and ruin your organization and i know because i have watched it firsthand i watch organizations here in dc be completely derailed by homophiles because i've been doing this work for years and me and other brothers have literally gone around to virtually every organization in this city even before straight black pride existed to see what their agenda was, what their philosophy was and whether we could make some type of alliance or help or support them in some way, shape or form. So I'm speaking on what I know. This, this is not theory, this lived experience doing this work. And we've seen the homophiles come and take over certain stuff. And you're like, 
when did that happen? Like when when did y'all be about become about that? And the brother says for the onslaught we're enduring right now. Okay. Can you recommend a good organization? And if you're talking about the onslaught, the physical assault by the white nationalists dressed in police uniforms, I cannot necessarily because I don't see anybody organized in an organized manner physically resisting that. And it's going to take a lot to do that because we've done that before. And the European has ramped up their capacity to resist that since the days of the Panthers. Like the Panthers are the reason you have SWAT and all this stuff. And this, they're the reason for that. If you're asking, is there an organization that you can support to resist the homophile assault? Yeah, you can support straight black pride. Because the homophile assault is what keeps us from physically resisting the physical assault. You see what I'm saying? The fact, the fact, because this is what happens. Normally, young men are the men who are the quickest to resist. For two reasons. They have more testosterone, they have less fear, and they have less to lose because they're less invested in the society. And also, they happen to be the people who gets tar- who get targeted the most. You know, you, you young, you can be walking down the street, police ask you questions, you're like, Yo, I'm walking down the street. I'm not doing nothing. What are you talking about? Leave me alone. Or you standing outside in your community. Here they come harassing you. Right? You see what I'm saying? So, because of the homophilia and the attack on our children allows this, this is what happens. The psychological attack on our children gives our male children the belief that is there's an escape from the assault by not being a man and that's where you get kid cuddy on tv that's where you get little nas talking to children that we saw last week or two weeks ago whenever that time was when it comes to that psychological assault that's one of the things straight black pride deals with brother genie was talking about this stuff and showing visual visual documentation decades ago. He's talking about the femin- he did a he first did the feminization of the black lecture and, and recorded it in like sometime between around 2003, 2004-2005. With visual documentation of where this stuff comes from. So that's been our lane. <laughs> that's been his lane. Before there was a straight black pride, he made straight black pride in order to give it an organizational uh, foundation in order to be able to resist it as a collective. BB four days to the war report. Now, you have to get that straight. I believe, unfortunately, you have to get that straight before you can resist physically, because many of our young men just opt out from being men. That's just that's that's what's been happening. And Brother Crow says homophiles are no threat to the white man because they follow the European culture. Exactly. And men and 
many homophiles greatest desire is to simply be accepted by the European and to be sodomized by the European. And brother Dawood says, even the black church bastion of the straight black family has started to fall to the homophile assault. Never thought I'd say that in my lifetime. Yeah, brother. They came in through the, um, it's, it's bad. The musical aspect of it. Um, a lot of new musicians in the church. And also there's a lot of corruption as far as a lot of, of, of pedophilia in the church that doesn't get talked about. It's, it's a lot. We, um, there was a situation in New York City about two or three years ago. Um, and remember the straight black pride at that time went to a, attend to that. There was, um, a deacon. I don't believe it's a pastor, but it was a deacon. But um, he was molesting his own child, and the brothers and sisters in New York they went and you know saw that that situation is a, is a horrible situation, horrible situation. But yeah, the the um the church for the most part has fallen victim. Um, I don't. I'll just be honest. SBPM and brother and uh, brother uh, attorney awesome in uh, Florida and the brother uh, the brothers and sisters of AT&T those are only people that I know that's really holding the line against homophilia and to the brother's question AT&T they do physical training of our people to defend themselves. So if you want to look into them, they're on um they're on Instagram and I believe we have one of their people that's trained with them in the in the chat. And brother Desaline's like, I don't want to sound like a broken record. <laughs> I know, brother. I know I'm not I'm not debating you right, brother. You're right. I'm not even. I can't argue with you. You're right. I'm just uh, tell brother Jeannie. I just uh, I I can conceptualize it. I, I don't you know. I mean that's something we just gonna have to work on behind closed doors. That all I'm gonna say is you're right. I'm not even. That's all I'm gonna say. Because that. Here's the thing, and I said I was talking to brother Jeannie about this. I don't know, a long time ago, it just came up. I was just thinking about it one day. And a wonderful producer says, please sign up to otwtube.com, uncensored free speech platform, and you can follow me, myself, there, DC Radical One. And Philly E. Babe said, uh, Harriet Nat on IG is at Harriet Nat on IG. Um, so that's HTNT brothers and sisters that want to get physical training and uh, weapons uh, training and the brother is uh, the best at what he does I just I just say that um, lifetimes worth of experience with um, um, firearms training weapons tactics you name it um, I just lost my train of thought but again don't forget to follow me 
on Twitter, DC underscore radical underscore O N E on Instagram at DC dot radical the number one. Of course, this is the YouTube channel. You're here. You know what it is. And the email is DC dot radical underscore one at protonmail.com. And if you can, you can drop something in the cash app dollar sign DC radical one all one word. But again, hold up, brother. You got ripped off says. Um, he says, uh, brother Patrick, remember he called into the show back in 2018 and espoused SBPM church. And I was like, why? But now, now I understand how powerful that would be because of our people. Right. And thank you. Yeah, that comment reminded me what I was going to say. Thank you, brother. What I was going to say is I remember talking to brother Jeannie cause I had thought about it and I was like, we haven't had a strong non-religious black movement basically in our lifetime you know really since really since the panthers um and so that goes to brother desaline point and I don't remember Brother Patrick, but if he said it, Brother Patrick's point as well. That goes to your, that goes to both of y'all's points. Whoever said it first or whatever, whatever the case was, y'all came to it independently, whatever the case, both of you. Whoever said it, but everybody, everybody that said it is right. Because when I thought about it, you know, since the Panthers, we've had, and this, this is the bad part, it's my generation, so it's like, I can't even look around and blame nobody, I was there. Um, since the Panthers were disbanded in 82 and really their, their strength nationally ended really I would probably say the early 70s when COINTELPRO just went strong after them uh, and then since that time we've had individual scholars we've had teachers we've had uh, schools built we had organizations but we haven't had a strong national non-religious race first uh, organization and certainly not international we've had we haven't had anything on the obviously not on the level of Garvey but anything with the reach of Garvey um, of Garveyism if you will Anything on the reach of the uh, UNIA ACL in my lifetime. And my goal is to change that. That's one of my life's goals. My life's goal is to change that. And SBPM is how I plan to change that. I don't, we're not going to be limited to one or two cities or 50 or 100 people. That's not going to happen. We're going to be bigger, broader, and in more places than that. And that's just what's going to happen. So if you ask, well, brother, what's your goal? That's my goal. The same way you can go to 50 whatever number of cities in America and find a mosque my goal is for you to be able to go to 
every state in the union and find SBPM. That's the goal. So every time I do, every time I do this, every Sunday, every video that you see me do, every lecture you see me do, that's the goal. And the goal is eventually now that the world is kind of somewhat opening up and they're kind of letting people travel. The goal is to do what we planned to do before all of this, which is to go to the people where they are, teach, train and organize where they are and build something where they are so that they can take it from there. And then we go to the next plot. And as European says, wash, rinse and repeat. Because we have people who follow straight black pride, who follow brother Janie, all in different spots. But what it is, is that there's a few people here, there's a few people there and people feel disconnected. But a lot of times there's probably some other person near you that you don't know of. Just get everybody together, get them working together and, and go from there. And go from there. You know. That's the goal. Because the reality of the situation is what's going to take place is if if Biden slash Harris slash the Democrats continue on the road they're on where they're pushing the, the uh, transgenderism and all the things that come after that, it's going to get to the point where being straight, black and proud is the anomaly. And then you won't have any choice, but you'll be you'll be running looking for other people. The goal is to be organized so you can resist before it gets that way. It's like the zombie apocalypse. If you know the zombie apocalypse is coming, you would already be armed and already have your encampment set up. Just think of it the same way. But with that, brothers and sisters, and a wonderful producer Cindy says, that's right. Don't need everyone. Just a few speaking into existence. Thank you, sister. And I hope I answered the brother's question with that. And I saw another comment, but I I missed it. Oh, War Report says, as soon as I heard about BLM, I knew they were AstroTurf. I read the missing state statement and knew they were anti-African. Indeed. Any organizational people that are against the nuclear African family get no support. Indeed, brother. Indeed. And I think I have everybody else's comment. If I missed your comment or question I apologize um, it was not intentional and brother you got ripped off says use a black business as your starting point if that black business owner is anti-homo then you got an ally yeah indeed and not only you have an ally then you you also have a meeting space so that's a that's an excellent point brother if you can find now it's it's not easy being completely honest but that's a great starting point indeed so with that brothers and sisters I thank you all for listening I thank you all for um, supporting thank you all for donating I thank everyone hold up war reports at training say that again oh training question mark was that a question mark what What's the question, brother? Um, 
I believe I said teaching, training, and organizing. Um, and Brother Desaline says another great show, Big Bro, Baby Fody, and Straight Black Pride. Um, send me that question, World Report. Send me that on my Instagram, and I'll answer the question there. But with that, brothers and sisters, I thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Don't forget to, if you have not, don't forget to hit the like button on your way out the door if you didn't hit it on the way in the door also don't forget to share and make sure that you are subscribed so that more people can get this message and we can get back to doing the work and building ourselves back in a straight black and proud manner before they the philly e-babe and black power to netter pata with that I say a BB for ODA and straight black pride. Flawed individual. Cindy Ashley Duck 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 Ashley